we'll move on from that. I'm going to start a new mini-series. I hope it is mini. And as um, I say mini, it will T-U-L-I-P. It's a five-point series, uh, five-part series, rather, and I'll try and keep it short each time. We're looking at doctrines of grace, the Calvinistic doctrines, tulip. Easy to remember that. Some people aren't entirely happy with the tulip, but it, it's at least it's easy to remember tulip. As in, let's see if anyone wants to help me out with this. What's the T in tulip? Total depravity. U. What's the U? Maybe I do need to do this mini series. Unconditional election. L. Limited atonement. I. Irresistible grace and the per in tulip. Perseverance of the saints. That's it, tulip. That's, it's a nice easy one to remember. Think of the tulips of Amsterdam. Uh, so first of all, let's, we'll start today with total depravity. That's a description of us. And I hope I don't offend you too much, but even that cute little baby in the pram there. It's a, it, it is a, a description of all of us, not just in here, but everyone in this world, totally depraved. Let, let's first of all tell you what being totally depraved does not mean. It does not mean that we are absolutely depraved. In other words, we're not as evil as we could possibly be all of the time. For example, <clears throat> there are varying degrees of lying. Anyone dare to put their hand up if they've never lied? No, of course not. But there are varying degrees of lie, from little white lies, little fibs, to big lies, massive lies. And straight away I'm thinking something that's really shocked me. You know, I don't know if, who's aware of this, but um, anyone heard of Tucker Carlson? He's a, a he's a news anchor on Fox News in America. There are certain people right at the very top of government in America who I'm sure would like to lynch him. He has just exposed lying at the most the highest level of the U.S. government, openly, publicly on his news program. They can't do a thing about it because he's got all the evidence. Uh, of lies, even the Attorney General, the, the highest government lawyer in the land has lied concerning the, the protest that took place on January the 6th at, at Congress. Huge lies. So big that the Attorney General of the United States at the time alleged that five Capitol Police officers died in the riots. Tucker Carlson has now shown that not one police officer died. It was a massive lie. And instead of saying sorry, what they do is what wicked people do. They just get angry and they reinforce, they repeat their lies. And they know that if they keep on doing it, people like us will actually believe them. They'll even obvious lies. But everyone lies and you Possibly might be amazed you shouldn't be. 
to see just how big the lies are of the, the, the lies are of the people who have them all over us. I think instinctively we know that election time, our politicians, they pray, make promises that we know they have no intention of keeping. That's lies, isn't it? They say things to get our votes. They're lying. That should tell each one of us that they are liars. But we're all liars. Every one of us, from fibs to big, massive lies. We all have angry thoughts. But not everyone actually commits murder. Some do, of course. The, the, some people, they put flesh on their angry thoughts and they stick a knife in someone or whatever. Most people entertain lustful thoughts. But not everyone commits adultery or even rape. Some name call while others use physical violence. And so it goes on. Neither does total depravity mean an absence of doing good. We can do good. Soldiers have been known to throw themselves on top of a grenade in order to protect their comrades. What mother wouldn't step out in front of a bus to, to, to push her a child away from the, the oncoming bus? Uh, and so on. So we can do good, but what you need to realise is that the good that we do is by the grace of God. It is by God's grace. And in varying degrees, we, everybody in this world, receives God's restraining grace. So although we are totally depraved, we are not utterly depraved. Even someone like Hitler, as bad as he was, he could have been worse. You think, wow. But he could have been worse than he was. But being totally depraved also means that anyone in here, any one of us in here, could actually be another Hitler if it were not for God's restraining grace. God restrains us in various ways. We needn't think about some kind of um, invisible magic that God um, throws down to earth from heaven. We can think of practical ways in which we are restrained. For example, our rulers, as big a liars as they are, they restrain us because they have the sword, don't they? They, they? they are the ones who have the rule over us. They enact laws, and a lot of the laws are terrible and ungodly laws, but ideally our rulers will enact laws that tell us to... to, to to do the right things, to love one another. And of course we have the police to enforce those laws and ideally we'll have an impartial police. That's not always the case now. I've seen that in recent times the police are very political and it depends on what is going on. Peaceful protesters can get beaten to, pe beaten to pulp by the police if they're, they're, they're protesting against the the narrative of the of the day, the politics of the day. But ideally, God restrains all of us in ways that we can actually see and understand. 
And also there are ways that we can't let see. God has put his laws in our hearts, every one of us, the works of his law in our hearts. And so we have a conscience that either accuses us or else excuses us. And so it goes on. But what you need to understand is that we are totally depraved. We come into this world as cute little sinners. And the Bible says that um, that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Jesus, he tells us what proceeds from the heart. It's not sugar and spice and all things nice. That's for sure. Jesus said that from the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, idolatries, adulteries, thefts, greed, and, and so on. Lots of horrible things. There was a preacher of old who said that in him was the seed of every known seed, of the seed of every known sin. And I can only say that that applies to me as well. Because the Bible says that the heart is desperately wicked. And so... When you understand that, where we're coming from, that we're actually conceived in sin. King David acknowledged that in Psalm 51, that he was conceived in sin, never mind born in sin, uh, uh, brought forth in sin, conceived in sin. And we've got verses in the Bible like Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1, which Tell thee where the Apostle Paul said to the Ephesian Christians, you who were dead in trespasses and sins have been quickened, made alive. Again, that's each one of us. We come into this world dead in trespasses and sins. And only yesterday I was talking to a Christian who was speaking about um, inviting Christ into his heart. When you understand where we're coming from, that we are born into this world world as children of wrath, uh, enmity or hostile towards our maker, almighty God, each one of us here, you'll realise the absurdity of saying that we invite Jesus into our hearts. The Bible teaches us that God draws us to Jesus. He draws us with loving kindness. Nevertheless, God draws us to Jesus. And it's all by the grace of God. When you understand that uh, we come into this world as hell-deserving sinners each one of us, with no interest in God, no interest whatsoever in the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And our interest goes doesn't go beyond um, perhaps a picture of little Jesus in the arms of Mary on a Christmas card. When you understand those things, you come to a realisation with God enabling you that... We do not invite Jesus into our hearts, but rather God, he does to us who belong, who belong to Jesus, who are trusting in Jesus. He does to us what he did to a lady called Lydia in the Bible. 
he opened her heart to attend to the things that Paul was saying, the Apostle Paul was saying. God opened that woman's heart to hear and to receive the gospel, to believe. And there's other clear examples of that in the Bible. And all what you do, if you are a Christian, acknowledging the total depravity of man, not that we are utterly depraved in everything we do, but that the potential is there within each one of us to do the most hideous and heinous things to each other. We see that on the news sometimes, don't we? Where there's where there's no law, various parts of the world of the world where there's no viable law, no restraints. All the restraints have gone. It's just a bloodbath. It's carnage. And that could so easily be the case here on this island if the restraints, God's restraints were taken away. Don't underestimate how depraved the human heart is. And when you understand that, then you will have a greater appreciation of God's grace towards fallen sinners. And, and and if you're someone who is trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, having repented of your depravity, you'll thank God now and forevermore for his goodness towards you, his grace towards you. And you won't even think to say, talk about when you invited God into your heart. No. You'll realise that God laid your iniquity upon his son at the cross, where where Jesus was wounded for your transgressions and bruised for your depravity. But that's good to appreciate that. Then you appreciate the goodness of God so much more. And you just, and that leaves you as someone who, who just falls, if not literally, then in your, in your conduct you fall prostrate before God for his his love towards you someone who come into this world as an enemy of God Amen